0: Hello and welcome to episode one of the Baseball Backroads podcast. Our podcast will primarily feature interviews with former players from the minors, independent league ball, and international leagues, but we'll also chat with all kinds of people involved in baseball and delve into some baseball history. Really, anything that might be interesting to share. So please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google, and follow us on Instagram at Baseball Backroads. I'll be your host. My name is Shelby Robertson. Quickly about me, I played in the Golden League back in 2010, the season before it went defunct, then played overseas in the Czech Republic and Germany the following two seasons. Today's guest on the podcast is Eric Ebers. Eric was a left-handed pitcher for five teams over two years in the Frontier League and American Association in 2005 and 2006. Eric is currently the pitching coach at William Carey University in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and helped lead his squad to the NAIA World Series last season. Eric was my pitching coach one summer in the New York collegiate league back in 2009. So it's actually a little strange to be calling him Eric, since as many of you probably know, once someone goes by coach, he's always coach. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Eric on the back roads. Thanks for joining the baseball Backroads podcast. Appreciate you taking the time, man. I'm just excited to hear you excited to be on and,
1: and, uh, looking forward to some fun.
0: Nice. Nice. Me too. Um, all right, so let's just dive into it. Uh, so you started your pro career at the Gateway Grizzlies in the Frontier League. That's correct? Yes, it is. Nice. Yeah, so I just checked the Grizzlies. They are still around in the Frontier League, which is unfortunately more than I can say for the teams I played for. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so how'd you how'd you get signed with the Grizzlies? Uh, the Grizzlies are kind
1: of the team that was closest to home. I grew up in Southern Illinois and uh, played our junior college conference tournament in their park sophomore year. Mm-hmm um went to watch a couple of games i mean you know how it is you're sitting there watching games from the side being like i could pitch here easy you know as your sophomore in high school junior in high school not realizing what you knew then you know you're watching guys getting outs and or not getting outs in that case and so it was always in the back of my mind like if i wanted to play independent ball i'd always try to reach out to them first because it's kind of like the hometown team or whatever and so finished up senior year at mississippi state and like uh teams were kind of talking the only team really that was anywhere serious was the atlanta braves and you know it was kind of be like a post-draft type thing and they didn't even know then if it would be a free agent sign so i was like talk with the coach uh pitching coach coach russ mcnichol at the time and i was like you think this is a good idea and he goes yeah i think it'd be a good idea for you so i ended up calling the general manager um he uh said yeah come on work out and went up and threw a bullpen for him uh ended up signing the next day so it kind of was a whirlwind thing you know in miami in a regional do exit interviews and five days later you know back home in in uh southern illinois playing independent baseball
0: so you five days so you finished playing college ball five days later you're on the mound playing <laughs> pro ball
1: yeah it was uh We had a, you know, we won the SEC senior year and, you know, I just didn't really want to stop playing. And the draft, I think, was maybe two weeks later or something. It was a lot earlier then than what it is now. And, you know, I realized I wasn't going to be a guy that got called in that, but I knew I could play independent ball. And the more that I got in there ahead of everybody getting released from pro
0: ball and all that, I think it was the better. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So, uh, what was going through your mind the first time you took the mound as a professional? Uh, It was a
1: lot different, you know, you're looking around and, uh, you know, signing that contract. uh, It was the first day I was supposed to go up there. The nice thing about it was I was able to live at home at the time. So I was driving back and forth. It was about 40 minute drive and first day getting ready to go make first impression, all of that. I wake up to this horrendous smell and our dog had gotten sprayed by a skunk and, Like everything in the house is going off. I'm asking my mom and dad, what is going on? What's going on? You know, they're trying to clean the dog, get rid of the smell. I'm taking showers, washing my clothes. Like this is the first day I'm going to be around new people. The first impression of a new team. And I'm going to (laughs) smell like an absolute spunk. And so I'm freaking out a little bit about it. I'm, spraying myself and you know i'd much rather at this point i'm driving up there and thinking, i'd much rather smell like my car freshener than skunk (laughs) so it's just rubbing myself up and down and uh you know i get there and you know the manzo was our uh uh, clubhouse guy and he kind of looks at me a little bit i said look my dog got sprayed with a by a skunk i don't know if i smell like it or not but that's that's where it's at so we kind of had a good laugh to before even getting uh the gear and stuff like that so that was uh that was how my pro ball started. The uh, that night was, you know, you kind of feel like you're going to get that chance, you sign the contract, kind of get that chance to uh settle in, get comfortable. No, that's not the case. They want to see if you can pitch right away. And so, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <I get laughs> and It's 7th inning. I remember bases are loaded, nobody out, and they'd be like, "All right, you're coming in." So I come in to face a left-hander and you know, like I said, I'm literally coming from college baseball where everything matters. You know, it's a team sport. You're trying to win. And the first thing that uh, our manager says, he goes, hey, these aren't your runs. And I look at him like weird. And the catcher goes, yeah, man, like these are that guys. If they score, they score. They're nothing on you. And I'm just like, yeah, but we're only down three here. If I can manage to get. You know, one at most two of these runs scoring. We got a chance to come back and win. They're like, nah, no, they just don't worry about it. And so I was like, all right. So the very first pitch I throw, it's a left-handed hitter, and it's 297 down the right field line. And he hits it at 296 feet. And I'm like, oh, no. oh my goodness, what happened? So uh did that and then end up getting a double play, I think, the next uh next at bat. So that was uh that was a lot of fun that first time out because you know it kind of caught me. A little bit by surprise that first time, knowing, not knowing that to begin with, and it was always fun watching the new guys sign and being like, "All right, buddy, get ready, get ready to throw yeah. today."
0: They're like, exactly. no, I'll
1: be all right." And
0: you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That does catch you off guard because that happened to me too. I I signed in the afternoon. That evening, I was on a plane with the team flying to Canada from Arizona. <laughs> uh, slept for a few hours, and yeah. uh, because we traveled overnight. And then the next day, I was on the bump as a starter. (laughs) It's like, well, here you go, kid. Good luck. Here's the ball. Go get (laughs) it. Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned the contract. Uh, What was the whopping figure that uh, was owed to you in that first contract? That first contract. I was in the Frontier League, made
1: $600 a month. Yes. Yeah, it was. You know, I mean, I'm still, you know, I haven't had to work since signing (laughs) that first one. But
0: (laughs) yeah. Me too, man. Me too. Mine was, mine was 600 as well. 600. <laughs> it yeah. is. And
1: yeah. you know, I, there's something to be said. I, I mean, you can look at my reference page or whatever. My numbers were not fantastic whatsoever, but I was left-handed and I was cheap. And those were two things <laughs> that get me in baseball. Wow.
0: commodities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are two yeah, of the no things that nice. No kidding. Um, so <laughs> did you have like a welcome to pro ball moment where you're like, ah, this is different. This is different in college. Yeah. I would
1: say probably that first one, you know, like, um, I got to play with the Grizzlies and at the time my manager was Danny Cox and it's a guy that I grew up watching, you know, you, you watch him, and, and as a kid you don't watch and, and realize what they are, you know, like going back and watching old videos, like he was an animal on the mound, you know, a guy that, you know, if I'm coaching today, that's the kind of guy I want on the back end of my mound too, but like that never left him, you know, so he was a manager mm. in that sense. And so when he came out and said that the first time it kind of, it, it was there, but It was, I think, third or fourth game I'm playing. And, you know, my college baseball, I played for Ron Polk and Jerry Halstead. They were both very – while they were passionate guys, they were very reserved and, you know, like weren't going to do anything crazy. And so Danny goes out to argue a call, and it's with the guy at second base. And he kind of gives them a little lift. They go back and forth. Nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. And all of a sudden, as he's walking back, he tosses him, you know, throws him out of the game. And so Danny – he loses it, so he goes back towards the guy at second base, and this is what I remember most: is the first base umpire steps in his way to try to prevent him from going out there having any more arguments. Uh, and usually, you're like, "Okay, he's going to sit there and holler at him." No, he ends up picking the guy up, setting whoa, whoa, him, whoa, the, the coach picked picked up the umpire, picked up the umpire. Oh Except, like Andy Cox is the big old man, and he picks this guy up, sets him off to the side, and walks off the second base to continue the argument. I'm just sitting here going holy cow What oh my is this what it's like and they're like no it's not really like all this all the time and he ended up i can't remember if it was 17 or 21 game suspension which i mean absolutely makes sense after that yeah yeah but uh yeah it was uh wow I was like okay well this isn't ron polk you know telling somebody that you know they can't see behind the plate. this is this yeah. is uh for real tough so that was uh that was one and then you know just uh the other one I think was first time I remember getting a ground ball and it felt like the shortstop was taking forever to get over the first base. I'm just like, get rid of it, get rid of it. And you throw on the guy's halfway to first, and you're like, Oh. And you're like, hey man, they don't they don't run it out here. Oh, league. I
0: see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, I could I could get used more ground balls, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. That because they actually told me that. So <laughs> so in the golden league, golden baseball league yeah. was where I played and pitchers hit. So, which is unusual <laughs> for independent league ball. So, like the year before, someone told me this. I don't know. If, I, I assume it's true. Maybe it's not. But they said the the league batting average for the whole league was over four hundred. So, which is insane. <laughs> and so the next year, they're like, "We can't have this. We got to have some de- pitching and defense." Right. So their solution to that was to eliminate the DH. <laughs> and so I'm like, "All right." So my first, so my first, arc, I hadn't hit in two years. Because mm-hmm. I was, I pitched in college. We had DHs, and so my first, uh, um, a hit for the first time in two years. I'm a 22 year old rookie at a D3 baseball. <laughs> a guy by the name of Lou Pote uh, is the starting pitcher that night for the Edmonton Capitals. He had big league experience. Yeah, and I'm standing in the box like, what am I doing here? This is like, <laughs> this is a joke. Um, and needless to say, three backwards Ks. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I, was, I was done. But, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I was looking at your stats, and I saw you had an at-bat as well with Kansas City in 06. <laughs>
1: I did. And this is one of those moments, like, uh, playing in Kansas City, we had – uh is in the Northern League, which now they've all combined into the American Association. Yeah. But uh, it was a 22-man roster, and so we had nine pitchers. And so I was the combination of left-handed specialist or long relief guy. And so it was one of those games we're playing up in Fargo, North Dakota and uh, I'm pitching and you know, I just, I can't get out of the ninth inning. Like it is a struggle. We're down, I think seven or eight or whatever at this point. And I just like, I'm just gassed. I walk the guy, walk the next guy pitching coach comes out. He's like, Hey man, just like float it up there. See if it, you know, see if they can hit it, whatever. I said, uh, Bic, I am trying, I, I'll do my best, but like, I'm literally, this is, this is as bad as it gets or as far as tired. And so I end up walking that guy. So bases are loaded and Al comes out. So I'm like, okay, they're going to put me out. And he sends, it, he goes, Hey, you're going out to left field. Whoa. And I look at, him, I'm like, uh, what, what are you talking about? You know, he goes, no, nah, we're bringing the shorts up in to get out of the inning. You're going to left field. I'm like, okay, you know, like, I mean, you're a pitcher, you were a pitcher as well. You shag plenty of fly balls, So I'm, oh, like, yeah. I'm, excited. I'm like, oh yeah, heck yeah. Let me, let me go out there. And so don't think anything else about it. Uh, ends up getting a fly ball to uh, right field. And so we're running in and I'm running in and he says, hey, by the way, you're leading off. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, you don't want to pinch hit somebody? No, we've used everybody today. Like, so I got, I got to lead off like, yeah. So I'm looking around. I'm like, God, right, I need a helmet. So we had a bunch of helmets, and the thing I like, about you know, the one eared helmet mm-hmm. in the pro ball. So I grew up, you know, my whole life batting right handed. So I put on the right handed bat, and I'm looking around. And, hey, I need a bat, and of course, that's when everybody, you know, acts like they can't hear you. So the pitcher, pitcher needs start, a bat. He
0: start looking away from you.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no, what what do you say? I can't, I can't. Yeah. So fortunately, our shortstop he goes, here. Here you go. Here's your bat and stuff. And so it's like, all right. So I get on deck. And they bring in their closer to get some work, kind of like you said. I mean, this guy's, you know, 94, 95, popping a 96 in warm-ups. And I'm like, holy cow, if he missed the arm side, this is going to hurt. It's not so going like, to go good. I, I don't care. So I take that helmet off, put on the left-handed bat. You know, I'm like, i, I hit left-handed and whiffle ball and stuff. You know, I should be okay. And so it ends up, I walk <laughs> up to <through> here and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that, that was my mentality. That was my thought process at the time. And the first pitch is like 12 feet off the plate. Um, umpire calls the strike even the catcher was like hey man like this is a pitcher hitting at least give him a chance and so like all right so i end up fouling off the next two and the catcher kind of says hey man we're doing you a favor by throwing you nothing but fastballs either strike out or just get out right (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay fair enough and so i swing you know whatever ground end up ball goes to the third baseman i give the old courtesy jog down to first base and go back and so um Bat didn't break on it. It did break on Chad, his next at-bat. So I oh. do have that bat hanging here at the house. Oh, you
0: got the bat? Nice. I do have the bat, yes. Yeah, nice. So, I, uh, have, um, I have the bat for my last at-bat as well. <laughs> um, so funny story about that one. It, uh, we were in Tucson, Arizona, and it was pouring down rain. But they were going to keep try to keep us playing for some reason. I was first at the next inning after it started raining. <laughs> and, again, another big leaguer, Albi Lopez. He played with the Royals, the Braves. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, he was pitching for the Tucson Toros. <laughs> And and I'm like, there ain't no way that we're gonna finish this game. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's it's pouring. Yes. And they're like, all right, well, so I had pine tar on my hands and whatever. I'm not batting gloves. I'm a pitcher. And so right. like, they're like, all right, just don't let go of the bat. So when you walk out there, the water <laughs> won't get on the bat in that way. And I'm like, all right. And so I walk up there and I was like the the not let go of the bat thing did not work. So <laughs> I, the bat is soaked. My hands are soaked. I step in the box. He throws. I mean, he can't hold the ball very well. So he just floats a Back. fastball down the middle. I take a hack at it, and uh, I let go of the bat halfway through the swing because <laughs> I said, and the bat flies to shortstop. And that's the part. Yeah, we're gonna call this one. I was like, yeah, I call. So, anyway, that was my last at bat uh, in pro ball. It was in the states. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah, heck yeah. That's uh yeah. that's a that's a, a memorable one as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: Albi Lopez throw the bat at the shortstop. Um <laughs> but anyway, so uh what would you say? Um well so you moved around several times. I did. In your pro career. You got traded a couple times. How was how was how was that process getting traded or uh getting resigned or anything like that? How's that go?
1: Well, the first time is always a shock. You know, Um, I got released from the Grizzlies, and rightfully so. I mean, I think my numbers – I think I had a 10 ERA, stuff like that. I wasn't getting left-handers, right-handers. I couldn't get, you know, my grandma out Uh pitching for them. And, you know, so I got released, got called in. I was like, okay, well, I know I'm not done. Like, I don't want to be done. So, it was about a three-week process. You know, I'm throwing bullpens. My high school coach is catching me because he can't find anybody else to do it. And, uh, Uh you know, end up signing with the River City Rascals. Finished out the rest of that year, and then ended up going to Kansas City. And uh, my summer coach in, from college, he was actually the hitting guy there, and I kind of had reached out with him, and they gave me a tryout opportunity, whatever in the spring, and so took advantage of that. And so I was with Kansas City, and they uh, the rule was is whatever the salary cap, whatever you were over to in the year in the in the first half, you had to be under the second half. And so my numbers, again, weren't fantastic, but they were good enough to get people out and stuff. And so it was me and there was a guy living in Kansas City who was making about, I don't know, way more than I was, but like our numbers combined were over what we were over for the first half. So they put us both on waivers. Mm. And so it was like, okay, like I'll be on waivers, can't play the first two games of the second half. And then after the waiver wire goes through, then you can kind of go. And so – but albeit the Lincoln Salt Dogs picked me up on the waiver wire, which was, you know, like at the time it was devastating because, you know, I really enjoyed Kansas City, but at the and Lincoln had won the first half of the league. So you're sitting there saying, okay, well, now I'm going to a playoff team. So that was fantastic. And so in the middle of pitching for Kansas City or uh, Lincoln, you know, there's one day I'm playing catch and I end up having an overthrow, almost hit the pitching guy, <laughs> Jimmy. And Jimmy goes, hey, if you don't watch out, we're going to trade you. I was like, I'd laugh like, yeah, you know, because again, I wasn't, my numbers weren't fantastic. They weren't great, but nobody's knocking down the door for me. And he goes, no, seriously, we've been getting calls. Um, You might get traded. And so mm. I go in, pitch at night, you know, do fine, come in, you know, the clubby's at your locker. And that's never a good thing, you know, when the, <laughs> clubby's, the clubby's there, hey, Skip wants to see you. All right, so I go in and Tim Johnson, he goes, "Man, appreciate it, but uh, we're trading you." I'm like, "Okay, I, I traded's not being released, you know, yeah. that, that's fine." And I was like, "Where, where to?" He said, "El Paso." Well, we happen to be playing El Paso that night, and so I'm like, "Wait, you're trading me to El Paso, and they happen to also be in last place." Oh. So it was like, "Oh, so the manager, uh, Butch, he was a left hand, left handed big league guy, so I was excited to go play for him because you know you. That that's the kind of experience that I was looking for. But he's yeah. just looking for arms to get people out. They've been last place. He's trying to change everything around. And so, you know, one night I'm playing for the Lincoln Salt Dogs. The next night I'm playing for El Paso Diablos in the same stadium. And all these people who got, you know, <laughs> gotten to know the fans, you know, the regulars and stuff like that. I'm walking down in the Diablos jersey and they're looking like,
0: What? What are you
1: why are you wearing that? And I was like, oh, I just got charged. So that was one time I was fortunate that uh, I didn't have to pitch against uh, the Salt Dogs that night because, okay. yeah, we were we were a pretty good hitting team.
0: Yeah, what um, what did you get traded for?
1: baseballs i think i think it was uh, it was, uh, it was uh, one of those future you know the future stuff that yeah you know, hey we don't have this but we do have this like okay yeah. give us a couple dozen baseballs and we'll be good it wasn't it wasn't ever a player or they're still waiting on those future considerations
0: <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> oh man so when you get traded um and you go from one place to another are you getting put up in hotels by your team or are you getting host families or how does it work for your living situation <laughs> that time I uh, was with a host family and you know
1: um, it was unique about them is they were great people, but they also worked, uh, you know, they had, they had to work early in the mornings and work through it, uh, the day. And of course our schedules didn't never met. So the sure. two times we hung out together were the first night when I got into town <laughs> and then the last night, you know, I come home and they're like, Hey, we heard you got traded and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, appreciate it. I'd lived in their basement. And uh, you know, so it was kind of like a, a passing, coming and going type thing, but, uh, yeah, so I ended up with them. I stayed with them that night and then uh, they flew me down to El Paso. And so um, everywhere I was at was a host um, family situation down okay. there was going to be an apartment. And so there was, I think, four weeks left of the season. And, you know, I'm making $800 a month then. So, you know, I got that big pay bump. <laughs> and in the the apartment was five hundred dollars a month, and I was like, you know, oh. this just doesn't, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What else can we do? And so I ended up sleeping in the clubhouse uh, oh, wow. for the last four weeks. Yeah, so it was uh, <laughs> it, it was quite interesting to say the least. Oh and, man! But uh, you know, that was better to me than paying five hundred dollars. You know, I helped the clubby out do some laundry and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's earn, earn it's your me. keep. <laughs> yeah, definitely earning earning <laughs> the keep in that situation, you know, eating eating those burgers and, and yeah. all that. But it was yeah. it, it wasn't that bad other than you know the tarantulas and scorpions around uh oh yeah, you will know, oh, pass us, no
0: joke, huh? Yeah, no well, that's not too far I was. I was in Yuma. Where, yes. Yeah. That's uh was, I think it was like 115 or 20 degrees one day you know, on the way to <laughs> the park, and there was like this warning from the um On the radio is like if you're above this age you should probably stay indoors (laughs) like avoid dying i'm like we got a day game today (laughs) because they didn't want to turn the lights on (laughs) to save money right i was like well i'm not sure that this is the best idea and i started that game too um and almost got my first professional win i left the left the mound in the seventh yes a two to nothing lead and we lost three to two (laughs) so that was awesome yeah
1: yeah, you had somebody um, like me come in and blow it. For you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, so um, what was your favorite place where you played? What was yeah? What was the best experience playing experience that you had? My favorite was, I mean, Kansas City,
1: and you know, we we're. Jo- I was joking with my wife before this. It's like, what? She goes, uh, "What are you going to say is your favorite?" So, what do you think? She goes, "Kansas City." Duh. I was like, yeah, because I mean, that's. Uh, it was by far my favorite you know his favorite teammates favorite place to play um you know i had family that lived out in kansas city and all that and so getting to see them reconnect with them a lot um and it was just you know i you know we're, i was one of nine pitchers getting you know lots of chances to pitch whether it's you know facing the left-hander or coming in late relief and stuff like that so i mean it was plenty of time to pitch And we were you know we were pretty good i think when uh Got put on waivers. We were, I think, four or five games back. And so, um, had a lot of veteran teammates on the team. And that's partly why I was on the team. You know, that $800 is, again, oh, yeah. an $800 left hander is incredibly valuable when you got a couple guys making 10 grand a month. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's trying to stay under that salary cap. But those guys, you know, did a really, really good job of taking care of me and stuff. I remember we went to, uh, out to eat one time on the road and, you know, I sit down and they're like, Hey, come and eat with us. And I sit down and look at the menu. I'm like, crap, this is, this is
0: <laughs> half of my salary. <laughs> for money, <laughs> You know, like it's been 25% of my monthly salary. <laughs> I
1: can't do this. And so you can order whatever you want. I was like, all right, I'll take the, you know, the salad and, and they're like, no, man, we got you. And so, you know, stuff like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of veteran pitchers who didn't want to keep the bucket, so they'd say, "Hey, we'll give you forty bucks to keep the bucket." And you're like, "Absolutely!" For forty-five <laughs> minutes, I can do the bucket for forty. A dollar a minute, man. I know it was, you know, just you doing those little things, and so. Yeah. But that that was kind of it. That's where I got my first pro start. Um okay. You know, got my first pro A B there, um, and man, we had the Burger King K man, and so that was uh, you know, it was just a really good atmosphere. That What's was the Burger King K man. Oh, the Burger King K man. Now, uh, this is probably my favorite story. Okay, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm glad you're here because this is probably the one I tell the most. But it's uh like most places had the beer beer guy. You know, if he strike if he struck him out, beers were a dollar or something like that. So oh, yeah, the K man, the K man, the the, the yeah. K man. And yeah. so at Kansas City, it was the Burger King K man. And so. Okay the first time he struck out like a, a row and this got, got whoppers the second time, the set a section, we get whoppers. And if he struck out a third time in the game, the entire stadium, we get a whopper valley. And so it's a game, um, you know, again, it was a little bit out of hand, but I come in to pitch and it's the Burger King K man, and he's got two K's on it. And so I'm sitting there thinking, all right, you know, not really thinking the strikeout at that point, but, it'd be nice to send the stadium home happy even though we're you know up by seven or eight and most of them are still here Mm -hmm. and so our announcer really got into it and so you know i throw a first pitch and he goes all right fans uh you know burger king k man he's up and you know that's strike one and so you just hear him go strike one one strike closer to a whopper (laughs) so the crowd starts getting excited you know so it's kind of like this you know big situation type uh (laughs) <laughs> you know, atmosphere. Playoff atmosphere, man. Yes, it is. You know, it's as close as it can be for the month of June in independent ball. And so he's sitting there. And so, you know, the crowd's cheering you on. I get strike two. And he goes, Ooh, I can almost taste it. You know, and so now he's got the whole crowd chanting Whopper, Whopper. Oh, so man. you know six to eight thousand people chanting Whopper. And you know, just living on this pitch. And so I throw a pitch, it ends up being a ball, they start to boo. You know, you're like, all right, all right, all right, I got this, you know. Well get the strikeout, and so, you know, it's again, whopper, whopper. And so I'd make the pitch. The guy strikes out, and I'd just give the biggest fist bump ever. You know, <laughs> like, we
0: just won <laughs> the
1: World Stadium's going nuts. announcer's going nuts. Everybody gets a free whopper. I look over the dugout, and, you know, the veterans are just looking at me like, come on, man. You can't, you can't do that. Up seven, you know. So, of course, uh, yeah. I got fined in kangaroo court for that. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah, it was probably – the most intense moment I had in, in my uh pro career when, oh, when yeah, you got 6,000 people waiting to get a free meal from oh, him, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it's probably more intimidating than being the, uh, beer
0: guy. Cause you know, free Whoppers, every, everybody's invested in this one. So yeah, you I heard you just mentioned kangaroo court, uh, tell us about kangaroo courts and maybe a, a story or experience from the kangaroo court. Uh, I think the
1: one I got to experience the most was Kansas city and it was on our 15 hour bus drive, uh, to Winnipeg. And so we ended up having kangaroo court and a lot of veterans on the thing. And, you know, just silly things that, that you don't realize. And so like the first time you go through it and you know, you're making $600 a month and you realize you can get fined a dollar here, $2 here, you know, that's a lot of meal money going away. And so you're sitting there making sure you're doing everything the right way. And so, you know, when I fist pumped that guy and I just saw him look at me, I was like, oh, this one's going to cost me. This, you is, you know, got, this one's going to hurt. This is, it. I got everybody a free whopper, but it cost me one. And, yeah. uh, so it, it's all that. So it was kind of fun, you know, the representing a, a, of guys. You could pay somebody to defend you and, and all that. We did have one guy on the team that seemed to rack up everything. And so there's always that one guy who just doesn't quite understand it all. And so it's always fun when, hey, you know, taking ground balls here, the or the fresh college guy who comes and and, and doesn't understand
0: yeah yeah so on, the, on on the flip side of that uh what's the uh what's the worst worst place you played your least favorite place to play or maybe like the worst atmosphere <laughs> uh my least favorite
1: town i was in asso <laughs> um and I, you know, anybody that's known me, he's known that. Um, nothing against the town itself, but I just, it was, <laughs> it was not for me. Now, the crowd itself was fantastic. We weren't good at all, but man, the place was crowded all the time. I heard that's
0: a good baseball city
1: it was really good you know and uh, you know they they were one of the few organizations that would pass the bucket so you know they'd pass it on a home run or a four or three hit game or if you struck out eight guys in the game so you know that was that was the goal cuz you could almost make your monthly salary that night uh uh-huh. you know a couple times over because i mean you're talking 8 to 10,000 people and they i mean they were into it so it was a lot of fun playing there at home but you know the the ten, like I, lo- I like green grass i like tree you know <laughs> in, in El Paso the only green you saw was golf courses and baseball fields flying in so uh where I played that was my least favorite but my least favorite town I played in was Winnipeg mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because you know we get to Winnipeg and you know I'm talking to my wife we were I think she's my fiance at the time and she's like well how is I said, "It's it's really not a great great little town you know like it, it's okay but like I really really don't like it here the 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 Winnipeg Golden Eyes is what they were at the time. I think they might still be that yeah, great the right organization, record. man. They do, they do it right. You know, so that, that was a yeah. good thing. But
0: the town, I think started, they're one of the original, like one of the like original indie ball teams started yes, in like 1984 they are. They, or they, something they, like that. Yeah. They've been around a while and they, they
1: absolutely do it right. Like that yeah. was the best part of being there. Um, and you're in Canada. Of course you hear, Eight thousand people singing "O Canada" all at the yeah. same time, and oh my!
0: My first, my first experience—fifteen-day road trip in Canada. I heard "O Canada" fifteen days in <laughs> My first two weeks in Pro Bowl, so yeah, I'm familiar with Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, mean, the first time you hear it, you know, everybody's singing. Like, man, this is actually kind of cool. But it that, is
0: actually. It gets. It's a good one. It's a good. It song.
1: is, and uh, <laughs> but so tell telling my wife like this place is is not good, and so she never really truly believed me and so about five six years ago it was really funny the nhl players came out with their favorite places least favorite places and winnipeg was their least favorite place to travel Mm, to vindication (laughs) vindication so i'm telling my wife like see it's not that good of a place to go travel to and you know nothing against any you know any of your listeners here from winnipeg whatever but it was uh you know, even in the summer, it was not fantastic. But, uh, again, the baseball, what they do with their baseball is great, but the town itself was probably my least favorite.
0: Yeah. I mean, if hockey people, Canadians and hockey people are telling you they don't like it, then it, you're probably all right to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. It's just uh, – I don't know what it was. It wasn't the fact it's, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, the Midwestern Canada, you know, the, yeah. the location and stuff. Like, it wasn't – it. I, j- I just don't know what it was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So tell us, tell us about signing autographs, signing
1: autographs, man. It was, uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, different people, you know, it was really weird. It's, it's weird signing for, for, uh, you know, older people when, when you're there and you're like, okay, you know, like if you're a little girl under the age of like eight, you're going to automatically get an autograph. You're going to get, Uh, a baseball you're gonna get something because you know it's just like all right you have the guts to come down and ask for an autograph that's it you know like i remember when my sister and i were trying to get autographs at cardinals games and you know they just signed a baseball for me and todd zeal like gave her a baseball and joe Torrey signs her you know signs a baseball for her signs the Mm -hmm. visor and all you know i'm like why is she getting all this well when you go and and play, you're like, okay, you understand. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, can I have a, baby? you know, because little boys are just kind of a little bit obnoxious and stuff. So it's kind of oh, fun man. with all that, but <laughs> you know, so you kind like, of oh, sign my ball. Hey, can I have that ball? No, man, like, no, you can't <laughs> have this ball. But you know, why'd you give it to her? Because she wasn't, you know, uh, she wasn't, she wasn't being that way. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so you always try to do that, and you know, it was something you try not to take for granted. You know, oh uh, yeah, it's weird now. um to still get people to send you baseball cards and to sign. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, every now, people you know, send any
0: baseball. Wow. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, they'll come to to work or stuff like that, and it's and there's one time I got a baseball card and i have never seen it before, and so <laughs> you know, and so like they were kind enough to send a couple, and like you know, keep one of them. I was like, all right, that's kind of nice. So you know, you end up trying to figure out what it is, and you know, trying to sign and stuff like that. So it's it's still a little weird. You know, it throws you off, you know, yeah. and every now and then makes you like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of a big, you know, I was, I was a big deal at one time. And <laughs> you watch know, rolls her
0: okay. eyes. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the wife I roll, I get those as well. Yes, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, you know, i used to be a pretty decent athlete. He's <laughs> 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 like, you say that too much. All right, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I always, anytime that happened, I was like, you sure you will? Because, like, this ball is going to be just less valuable now <laughs> that I've made it <laughs> Yeah, like – like, was worth more bl- <laughs> b- <white. laughs>
1: Just promise me you're going to go play catch with this ball. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> Do not
1: hang this up on a shelf anywhere. Oh um,
0: uh, no, yeah. I mean, but you know, your parents still leave up your like paraphernalia and stuff. And I walk in my house, and my dad's got a d- baseball on his desk. That's the only place something like that exists.
1: Right, of course, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> the only thing of value, and. Uh, you know, every now and then still being around Mississippi state, some and stuff like they'll sell baseball cards out there. And the guy I was working oh, for okay. in Columbus, he, uh <laughs> the guy goes, uh, Hey, here's a baseball card, five bucks. And he's like, what? Five bucks. He goes, well, how much is it? If he gets an autograph?" Like, I don't know, seven bucks. He's like, I was like, Hey, $2 <laughs> autograph. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, hey what, keep bringing what, these things. I I, I can uh, make a little extra money for you right here, but he got yeah, yeah.
0: everything against to buy a $5 card. That's, That's a 40% percent increase, man. That's not I know bad. it
1: is. That's a, uh, it just tells you, and so it's either that or the
0: guy doesn't really understand the value of it. But <laughs> yeah, oh man. So uh, what's what's your what's your funniest the funniest thing that happened to you in a in a pro baseball career? I shared the uh, the Burger King case story okay.
1: one, and then the other one was, uh, you know, we're making our Western Canada trip. We're over in Calgary, and uh, every team has a road clubby, and so basically so, yeah. you're in the you're in you're in the locker room and they're taking food orders stuff like that going to get stuff and all that and most of the time it's really good so you know you have to leave 10 15 bucks stuff like that after you know after the series is over and all that
0: and they go and around we're, they have a checklist yes At least they're like i'm going to remember you next time if you didn't i'm going to remember you next so you're like oh yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah oh yeah. learn that the hard
1: way and so like we're in Calgary and the clubby's just nowhere to be found and when he does show up like It's this 12-year-old kid who doesn't get any of the orders right. He's not doing anything right. So, I mean, we're all like, come on, man, where are you at with this stuff? You know, and just kind of getting a little irritated, trying to have a little patience with him, you know, because it's a 12-year-old kid, but you're also frustrated with the Calgary franchise for having a 12-year-old kid be the, you in charge of going and getting stuff and all that. And, you know, your clothes the next day, they're a little bit wet and you're just like, Oh, then, you know, this this isn't my Jersey, like all this, you know, stuff that you took for granted that, that they didn't do. And so you are really frustrated. And of course, you know, usually left probably 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. Like I felt bad. Like nobody left more than three bucks, four bucks for this kid. It was like the the league minimum that you had to leave and, and all that. And so fast forward. I'm coaching at the University of Tennessee Martin, and we got a kid from Calgary. And so we end up talking a little bit, and I was like, yeah. I go, man, I remember being in Calgary, playing uh, against the Vipers is who they were at the time. And
0: oh, I play, oh, I played the – that was my second start in pro ball was against the Calgary Vipers.
1: Yes. So, so you well, got to – if you went there in uh, mid-June, you may have gotten the wonderful mosquito infestation.
0: I was there in July, so I'm glad oh. I missed that one.
1: Yeah, be thankful. But so Then
0: we he, took a 15-hour bus ride. Uber, yes. so that was
1: outstanding. Oh, oh, the fifteen-hour bus ride. But oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was uh, the
1: uh. So I'm talking to him, telling him about mm-hmm. my story, and I'm like, "Yeah, I went to you know, we played against Calgary and all that. You know, I said it was a fun little atmosphere. Calgary's a good town." And, mm-hmm. I was, and I started telling him about the clubby, and his face just goes ghost white, and he's like, "Coach, that was me." And I was like, "You got to be kidding!" And I'm like. Like I'm sitting there, and first thing I do is, of course, apologize for my three dollar yeah. tip that I leave and stuff. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, no, no. He goes, look, I understand. He goes, I got fired after that
0: weekend. <laughs> oh my god, like,
1: oh, man! So we end up ha- end up having a good laugh, but I was yeah. like how small is this world that, that you're yeah. here, you know, we're here together. And, uh, it was, uh, we, we had a pretty good laugh out of it, but I was just like, you know, I'm in the middle of telling the story and he just goes ghost white. And I'm like, oh, man, man. like is that your brother? Was that, cause you know, what? Yeah.
0: you know, that guy, a
1: friend. And he's like, that was me. And I was like, <laughs> Oh
0: man. Oh man. Yeah. That's good. That's funny. Oh man. So what's, um, what's your earliest baseball memory and not, not pro ball, just like what's your like first, when you think about baseball, your earliest memory was the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, I mean,
1: probably you know, just not looking at pictures, probably just playing, you know, first kid uh, kid pitch stuff. And we played kids pitch probably a lot sooner than what they do now. Cool. Um, but I remember my favorite player. I was a Cubs fan when I was younger, so my favorite player was Mark Grace. You know, I just wanted to be a first baseman, be a first mm-hmm. baseman, be a first baseman. It's all I ever wanted to do. And my dad, you know, I mean, I had a decent arm, especially probably for my age at the time. And my dad was like, you know what? Like, you're left-handed. Why don't you try pitching? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to pitch. Don't want to pitch. And so, you know, he was our coach. And so, he was like, all right, you, you won't pitch you. And so, it was one of those games, I think, you know, he just asked me finally again, hey, you want to pitch? Like, all right, I'll try it. I come in, strike out the side. <laughs> just look at him, and I was like, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it can be a lot of fun. I was like, can I do this some more? He's like, absolutely. And so, nice. you know, I mean, it's probably my fault for uh, chasing the pitching dream, but it was, uh, that was probably one of my favorite memories. You know, I mean, Dad was, he was a big part of uh, baseball growing up. You know, didn't didn't know a ton of the the mechanical stuff, but you know, I was the guy that I could watch him do something and repeat it and you know, looking back on watching myself a video and stuff, I was like, you know what, the guy knew knew a little bit more than yeah, I think he knew he trying to accomplish some stuff. And so yeah. uh, you know, he was uh that was probably my greatest, you know, earliest memory of it and getting yeah. to be coaching with my dad and and you know friends and stuff like that so was he your dad was he your biggest influence he's who got you into into the game yeah yeah Yeah, for sure that was it i mean i enjoyed watching baseball my parents did a good job like we we were close enough to st louis and tickets were cheap enough back then to we could go to a lot of games and you know it it was at the time i wasn't a cardinals fan so it was really tough because they were really good and so it's like every time that they'd play and they would win you know i'd be in tears as a kid and you know, it was just like, oh man, I can't stand when the Cardinals win. But yeah, he was, he was probably the biggest influence getting me into baseball and, and, uh, you know, definitely biggest fan throughout it. And I'm very thankful they never pushed anything, never, you know, forced me. They're always encouraged, but it
0: was, mm-hmm. uh, definitely one of those that, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it was fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. My dad was definitely my, my biggest, biggest coach, fan, supporter, everything all in one. So, um, so tell us, tell us what you're doing these days. Where are you now? I'm a pitching
1: coach at William Carey University uh NAI school in Haysburg, Mississippi. It's a great, uh, Christian university, um, small, we're kind of a small school, but yet we got a, a large enrollment. It's kind of pieced around a little bit. I think we're sitting at around 5,000, uh, students is what, was the last number which you know is is great but it doesn't feel that way when you're on campus um work for a guy named bobby hallford who's been coaching uh in the nai for a long time we just won his uh 1300th game the other day oh wow yeah i'm I'm very fortunate to be a part of a couple guys who have won 1300 games in their career so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun you end up this past year just finished fourth in the world series um out in lewiston idaho so that was uh it was a lot of fun. And this is my fourth year going on fifth year. And uh work with pitchers there and a little bit of, you know, as as most uh college, small school college coaches, a little bit of everything.
0: So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you guys made it out to the NIA World Series this year. How was that experience?
1: It was great, you know. Um <clears throat> it was one of those that you know, you hear about it, you know, it's it's a unique situation because Lewis Clark, they get the opportunity to uh earn their way into the World Series through a regional um it's definitely a very pro lewis clark crowd um but it kind of gives you that rocky four type feeling when he's over in russia and you're trying to (laughs) knock him off well you know it's 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 one of those unfortunately we were apollo creed in that situation oh no not not rocky so but um it, it was it was a really great atmosphere been fortunate enough to be in uh three college world series and one nabf and you know it was right right behind uh grand junction so
0: okay that's good so um before we we're gonna we're gonna do a like a lightning round but before we do okay. that um i know you played your you mentioned a few times you played your college ball at mississippi state so you played for a a living legend in, in ron polk uh so don't want to don't want to get you away without before we hear a, a good coach polk story <laughs> there's there's
1: there, definitely there are many don't feel good. limited <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh You know he, uh, man, getting to play for him like at the time you don't realize because you know I mean I came from Southern Illinois and I didn't grow up, you know I grew up rooting for the Salukis and stuff like that and um you know it was didn't necessarily know a lot about Ron Polk obviously in college baseball you know who he is but um and who Mississippi State was but it was like you didn't realize baseball. you know, it was just like, man, this is and I knew I wanted to be a baseball coach. And so I couldn't think of a better individual to uh, play for than somebody that detailed, that organized, that um, he literally wrote the book,
0: literally wrote the book on baseball. Now, I saw his Twitter you know, post. He said, one hundred twenty five thousand copies sold. And the next one can be <laughs> yours. The baseball playbook by Coach Ron. Port. I was like, hey, <laughs> man, I'd already, I'd buy another if I already have it. I got to look at it right here on my bookshelf.
1: It's, it's, and if, if anybody's getting into coaching, I a hundred percent recommend it. percent. Oh, 100%, 100%. You know, it's, uh, we've read cover to cover back, back in the day, pitchers, we used to have to do that when on, on rain days, if we got thrown in early. So it was, uh, you know, it's one of those that I've read through a couple of times and, um, you know, it's definitely right up there with the top books that I especially use for my career now, but it, uh, getting to see how detailed he was and, and knowing all that, I man, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better, uh, situation with that. Yeah,
0: well, Coach Polk's also known for a good sense of humor, so uh, I know you got to have a, a good, funny Coach Polk
1: story <laughs> I think my favorite story is senior year. Uh, we're kind of playing pretty well at the time. It's April 1st, and Coach Polk always used a typewriter to type out the practice plan. And so, like, if he typed it up – In 2005, know, he's – It's boy, 2005. <laughs> you know, Microsoft Word had been out for a while now. <laughs> and yeah. uh, You know, I, I think it was, like, Windows 6 at that point. Yeah. And uh, so rather than being able to save it, he would have to go back and retype everything. And so, you know, seniors, we had a couple of seniors who had been there five years and stuff like that. And we all got together and said, all right, we're going to pull an April Fool's joke on Coach Polk. And it was like, how can we do it though? You know, like the guy sees a lot of things coming. We're like, all right he kept track of missed classes. So if you ended up missing a class, you'd have to call him and tell him, Hey, I missed biology, you know, four Oh four today, coach uh overslept or something like that, you know? And so if you missed, you'd have to tell him if you didn't, boy, you know, I mean, it was a time mile if he caught you without telling him. And so didn't really want to risk that at all. So, So we get all the guys together. We get the assistant coaches in on it, too. Said, all right, everybody's going to call tomorrow and tell them that you missed a class and try to come up with just a ridiculous uh, reason. And so, like, all right. So ends up – everybody ends up calling him. So he starts practice, pre-practice. He goes, oh, man, 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 man. A lot of missed classes today. A lot of missed – like, a ridiculous amount of list missed classes today because the first first half of the practice plan is just everybody's missed classes. And so we're sitting there, and he goes, you know, he's looking at the other coaches, like, Man, I'm really disappointed in these guys, you know, like, and so we kind of look around at each other, like, all right, we got him. Like, he he knows that. And so he starts calling on these guys, like, you missed class for you couldn't find a parking spot. You missed class because you had the wrong shirt on. You know, you missed class because you thought it was raining. He goes, it didn't rain all day, you know, and so he looks at that guy, and finally he's like, April Fool's coach, and so he's not hes not real happy at the time. We're all laughing, and so he just dead-faced looks at our fifth-year senior, and he goes, you mean to tell me you didn't miss class because you had to take your grandma to the gynecologist? Oh, <laughs> no. It was, <laughs> at the time. it was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, he just straight up went along with it at that point, point. and yeah. so I think he ended up missing the first 20 minutes of practice retyping up the practice plan. was oh, like, that's the only time he missed any part of practice because it was oh, oh, uh, it was it. But uh, yeah, that's
0: there, there's um, tons
1: of uh, fun coach folk yeah. stories.
0: Oh yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend. Um, so we'll do a, a little lightning round. You may have answered a couple of these already, but there may be a, maybe okay. a, a different answer or two. But uh, so, what was the best mascot or team name that you played for? I'd say the
1: team name, the best team name was the Kansas City, it was the T-Bones. And uh, it was just fun being a T-Bone, you know, like uh, all that. You know, it kind of played as close to the Bull Durham thing as it could. Um, You know, the big bull and the mascot. But I think my favorite mascot was the Diablos. Now, like the name, I wasn't obviously a big fan of the name, but like our our mascot was a juiced up chili pepper. Mm. Like it looked like he was on roids. And then like for some reason it was like the San Diego chicken. And so, so you're like, what's going on? And like the first time you see it, like this is kind of weird, but then like you really got into it because he ended up being a really good mascot. So it was uh, probably my favorite mascot that I had. And so it's a, uh, you know, what, like, oh, were you the red hot chili peppers? Like, nah, we're the Diablos. and like,
0: oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> these, don't, these don't go together. Uh, <laughs> they don't go together. No. no. So you mentioned you mentioned your dad, but who is, who is your biggest baseball role model, maybe outside of, out of, of the family? Like, so who'd you look up to growing up? with the game uh
1: i i don't know i mean it probably some you know major league guys i mean great being a pitcher greg maddox during that time tom glavin those were the two you know key guys that you're watching mm-hmm. and following along with uh roger clemens pedro Martinez. i mean those kind of guys you know as a pitcher that was that's who you're like all right i gotta i gotta be like those
0: guys if i want to be like those guys and
1: right all that so yeah
0: so uh, looking back over the career, is there anything you would have done differently? Um,
1: I think I would have uh, realized I belonged a little bit faster, mm. you know. Poster um, syndrome. Yeah, you know, like, and, and I mean, you know how it is, exactly. like, you're, face, you're facing a guy that you never heard of, and then the next guy that comes up has 10 years in the big leagues, and
0: you're like. Yeah, it's weird.
1: You know that guy's name, and you're just all of a sudden, like, like, you just kind of stem up or something where it's somebody that you know if you're into baseball you know trading you know i was into trading baseball cards stuff like that you know like it's like guy after guy i'm like Man, i got this guy's card i know who this guy is you know mm-hmm. stubby clap and all and you're just like holy cow and and so like you probably leave a pitch over the plate you shouldn't because you're giving that guy way too much um credit and so you know yeah. you sit there and i think the best advice that i was given was uh, our manager in kansas city al he goes Hey man, like you guys are both in this league. Like he's not in the big leagues anymore and you're not in college. Like you guys are both in this league. You both belong. Stop giving him so much credit and get the guy out. And you know, that just uh that stuck with me and I think mm. that helped me cuz my I ended up pitching a lot better after that. But you know, it's just one of those is just like you know, man, I wish wish I knew you know Then earlier, because, you know, I gave guys a lot more credit and thinking, "Eh, I don't necessarily belong here
0: because that guy has been there. Right. Yeah. No, that – uh, I definitely had imposter syndrome because I was warming up in the bullpen in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Yes. And this team had, I think, five or six of their nine starters had triple A or above, so a couple of (laughs) guys yeah. And I had been pitching at Millsaps College in Jacksonville, <laughs> Mississippi a month before. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is different. Um, and they uh, their three-hole hitter was Larry Bigby, who <laughs> yeah. had like yeah. 400 appearances for the Orioles. Yeah. In the oh. leagues. And and I'm like, oh, so I'm warm up in the bullpen. And they're like, batting first, whoever, batting second, whoever, batting third, Larry Bigby. And that caught my my attention. <laughs> I was like, what the? I was like, I've played this guy on a video game. Right. And so yeah, anyway, he his first at bat, I threw I had pretty good arm side run on my fastball, and I thought that I located it perfectly. I mean, it was loading (laughs) away, running away from him. It was gonna be a strike, you know. I was like, oh perfect OO pitch. He like tracks that thing like I've never seen before in my life and hits a ball square that if it had hit a human being, it would have killed him. And even if it hit him in the arm, like he still would have died just from the trauma. And like <laughs> our center fielder takes one step back, readjust takes one step forward and catches it. I'm like, ah, got him out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that, that's a, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my experience with that one. Um, so what, what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue a career in baseball? Maybe who wants to play pro ball?
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, kind of that same advice, like, if you if you make it you belong and and right. never act like you don't belong and other thing is don't take it for granted cuz man i mean in this in this field you know that's probably one of the greatest things about it was building relationships with guys and then all of a sudden one day one of them's gone you know and just you, the things you take for granted and it like ah oh, you know i'll get to play cuz it's a different mindset than what college is cuz you know every day you're you're playing for your job or as as you know i would say You know, that guy's trying to take the bread off your table and he's trying to take it off yours and, and, you know, just understanding you belong and not giving anybody too much credit. And the other thing is just don't take it for granted. Enjoy, embrace every single day. Cause I mean, I'm glad that I did that. Cause you know, there's times where you realize, man, this is something special, even though you're not making a whole lot of money, but you're getting to, you know, do a lot of things that see a
0: lot of things that Mm
1: -hmm. a lot of people don't.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um, a piece of advice you gave me that I should have adhered to a lot more, um, <laughs> back in um, when you were coaching uh, me in 09, you said never stop playing. <laughs> and I was like, I was, asking, I was like, what's what's the best advice? You're like, don't stop, just keep playing. <laughs> don't don't stop playing. <laughs> like, don't stop. Yeah, and I like, kind of I wish I had done that because I mean I mean even if it's not you know pro ball, just just to play and be just a place like coaching is fun and everything, but you know, playing's just right. nothing there. I've never done anything in my life. That's been as, as fun as pitching. There's um,
1: nothing, there's nothing that compares to being yeah. able to compete and do all that. No, right. For sure.
0: Um, so last question is, did you know how lucky you were at the time? So it's easy to look back like, Oh, that was cool. But when you were actually living it, did, did you know you were doing something kind of unique? And did you, did you, did you have that gratitude like in the moment?
1: Um, not my first year. I don't think so. You know, I kind of felt not necessarily entitled, but it was kind of like, you know, like I felt like going from Mississippi state to the frontier league and, you know, cause a lot of those guys come from college. And so you kind of over, uh, or kind of underestimate somebody, you mm-hmm. know? And so I really didn't have a sense of gratitude then, but my second year when I realized, you know, I'd been cut twice, um, had a chance, like, I think at that point, that's when I realized, like, this is, this is it. Because, you know, I mean, you wake up in the morning, you know, I wasn't a guy that was going to go out all the time late at night. So I'd wake up, you know, I enjoyed golfing the next morning. You know, Mm -hmm. I go out to the course golf and get to the field early, let the hitters get the early work in, let me get my conditioning during that time. And, you know, just being around the game and watching, getting to be with those older guys who had gotten a cup of coffee and were trying to get back, Yeah, like, seeing them appreciate it, that I think that, Especially in my second year, around all those veterans, I, in that moment I realized, man,
0: I'm, I'm lucky to be able to be doing this. That's good. Yeah, it's good that you you got that in the moment because, I don't I don't know that I did, and that's yeah. that's one of my regrets looking back. like I I don't know, I don't know that I soaked it up the way I wish I could have in the moment. Then, but um, I think being cut twice was probably <laughs>
1: <laughs> a, little, a little humbling. Yeah, it was being cut twice and in, in the same season was definitely uh, a humbling and you know it definitely created a more gratitude situation. So
0: yeah, for sure. Well, good deal. Well, that that wraps it up. Um, I really appreciate taking the time to chat uh, this evening and being a guest on the podcast. So thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Man, appreciate having me. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye bye. Thanks again to Eric for taking the time to join us today. Remember to follow us on Instagram at baseballbackroads Backroads and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the back roads.